The following program is furnished by Startup Nation Media Group. Okay, welcome to this edition of Startup Nation Radio. This is the show for you to learn about how to start and grow your own business. And we love bringing you the experts, the great advice and guidance that comes from and with those experts that we bring to you on Startup Nation Radio. And we love sharing those inspirational stories as well. But before you can get to the great stories, you've got to do the hard work and the smart work required to create a worthy and successful startup company of your own. And we've got a resource to focus on today on Startup Nation Radio that can help you do just that. The value is high and amazingly, there is no cost. So you can't beat that deal. Let's get right to it. We want to hear about it. We've got Armando Ojedo on Startup Nation Radio today coming to us from the regional office of SCORE. Armando, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Well, thank you, Jeff. Very happy to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, it's always great to have you on. You and I have had a chance to chat before. We've had an opportunity to meet before, and uh, we share a common interest and therefore a common bond in wanting to see economic development and empowerment of individuals and all the rest that goes with a vibrant startup community. We absolutely do. You know, and here at SCORE, we believe that every small business owner should have the support that it deserves because for us, small businesses matter. They do matter. You know, the thing about small business, I was just talking about this with someone the other day, it's very personal and it's very impactful. You know, it's it's not like adding another zero to the accounting of a big corporation's financials. You know, this is literally transforming lives, supporting families, you know, right where the rubber meets the road. Absolutely correct. And, you know, we, the small business community, we create vibrant communities. Yes. And, you know, I think people are getting an appreciation for that here with the COVID pandemic, because now they really miss the part of the community that's really one of the most vibrant pieces of, you know, how they live day to day or how we all live day to day. So, Armando, you know, it's interesting. I'll, I'll use this as an opportunity to check in on this issue since you're so close to the ground on all of this. You guys at SCORE, you provide mentoring, you, you know, guidance, et cetera, for entrepreneurs to help them get through the process of starting a company, get through it successfully, and again, to get a company grown successfully and so on. So you work very closely with entrepreneurs to do all that. I'm curious, in the era of COVID-19, what kind of either increase in interest are you seeing and activity are you seeing in the entrepreneurial world and therefore interest in, in your services versus the negative side of that, which might be a decrease in interest? What are you seeing? Well, we are seeing definitely an increase, Jeff. Mm. Over the last six months, SCORE of Southeast Michigan has served over 4,000 businesses, and I can categorize them in three ways. One, when the pandemic hit and people started to close, there was a lot of interest in the CARES Act, all Mm -hmm. of that funding that was coming down the pike. How do I get it? What do I do with it? And so, you know, we help them because we're partnering with the U.S. Small Business Administration, and we provided a lot of information. We created an open forum called Open Mic, where people, small business owners came and just talked virtually about all of the challenges that they were going through, not only with the CARES Act, but with their businesses, because Mm -hmm. they had to shut their doors, but their customers still wanted their services, but they couldn't get them in a brick-and-mortar fashion. Sure. And then the other ones that we have now are the ones that are pivoting, the ones that have recognized that they cannot function in the same way that they used to. So if you didn't have an online presence, you know, now you have to create a digital relationship with your customers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have started to do that. So we're starting to see a lot more people coming to score for that sort of mentorship, that sort of guidance on how to repurpose their business assets. Mm -hmm. And then 
There's that third category, which is very interesting because you wouldn't think that people are looking for new opportunities to create a new business in this pandemic. But in fact, that is what's happening now. There's a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs who said, this is my opportunity. I'm unemployed. I can create my own future now. Yeah. And that's obviously that's something good. You know, it's a silver lining in all of these very challenging times. People are turning to the idea, to the notion of supporting themselves into the future by having a business, whether it be part time or full time. Starting a business, you know, we're getting at Startup Nation the same kind of interest and activity, lots of inbound interest. And it was kind of a leading question when I said to you, you know, is, is interest in startups accelerating or declining? No question from everything we're seeing at Startup Nation, it's absolutely accelerating. And as you say, some of it is because people don't have an alternative to turn to other than to start a business of their own. Job security is a thing of the past, at least temporarily, that's for sure. And so (laughs) having a dependency on your own abilities, you know, depending on yourself and, and taking control, taking command of your destiny by starting a business of your own is something that's become very, very popular once again. And, uh, It's exciting to see it, actually. Oh, and we totally agree. You know, we believe that entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs can actually do better if they work with other people. Because when you start a business, you have a lot of stakeholders. But if you have a mentor and the SCORE organization provides free mentorship from people who are really, really experienced, they're either former business owners, former corporate people, you know, subject matter experts, whether they're accountants or insurance people or IT people. I mean, these folks have a lot of knowledge and can help guide you in every single step of the way so that you minimize the mistakes that we all make as entrepreneurs, right? We can talk about that for a year. But these are the mentors who have experience, who have resources. They can guide you. They can direct you. They have relationships with bankers people like that so that you're not all by yourself trying to do everything on your own. And I just want to raise the point that, you know, we are a small business community. We do rely on each other and we rely on each other for guidance, advice, solutions. You know, we have a chief CEO roundtable and CEOs are usually the loneliest people ever, right? Because they feel they have no one to talk to. No one understands them. Mm -hmm. And so here's an opportunity for them to get together with other CEOs and non-competitive businesses. And the discussion is rich among them. We don't tell them what to do. We don't create the topic. They do. And they find solutions because they've all been through the same things. Armando, I love that. I absolutely love that. People, startups, entrepreneurs need support. They need mentoring. They need access to resources and other critical contacts. And the quality of people available through SCORE to help you achieve just that, whether it be the mentoring or networking, whatever it may be, is invaluable. It's absolutely invaluable. And that's why, by the way, you're on this show as far as I'm concerned. So I want to talk a little bit about the history of SCORE and maybe even share some success stories together too out of your involvement at SCORE in helping businesses get pointed in a successful direction. Stick with us. We'll be back with Armando Ojedo on this edition of Startup Nation Radio. Okay, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. The whole goal of this show is to help you first understand how impactful creating a startup company of your own can be to the quality of life in the future and your ability to, you know, uh, fend for yourself and your family and all the other fundamentals. But more than that, too, you know, there's a sense of pride, a sense of expression, a contribution to your community locally and so on. When you've got a startup company, you know, you're really part of something. But in order to get to the point where you have a 
successful startup company. You've got to do all the right things required in order to get yourself there. Many of us don't even know the questions to ask or the things to look for, the things to be thinking about as it relates to doing it right, getting the company developed and packaged the right way, and then obviously executing the right way to get it launched and through its early growth phase. And this amazing resource, we've got Armando Ojeda on the show with us today. This amazing resource of SCORE is something that people really, unfortunately, don't know enough about, but really need to. The quality of people that you have, Armando, at SCORE to help people, you know, and and from the stories I've heard, the impact that it's had on people toward the objective of creating a successful startup and, and realizing their dreams and goals and all the rest that goes with it is incredible. Tell us if, you know, if you could share, Armando, a story or two about just putting score to work on your behalf. Tell us how that's played out for a couple of uh, people you've helped. Well, Jeff, I'm very happy to, to help uh, to share that story. Um, one story that comes to mind in particular, because it's a very recent one, is that there was a, a couple, a married couple in the city of Detroit, and they have a cycling business, an indoor cycling business. And so they worked, you know, several years you know, having that as a side hustle, and then they actually got free, and then COVID hit. Mm. So the worst possible thing, right? You can't have people in close proximity right. and in an enclosed space. So, so they're trying to figure out, you know, how did they do this? What do they change? How do they survive? And so uh, they actually went to their bank, and their banker, who was very thoughtful and mindful said, well, you know, here, why don't you talk to SCORE? Because they were applying for a grant. So they actually had all of their paperwork together, but they didn't know anything truly about their financials. So their banker called a SCORE subject matter expert in finance, Mm. and they worked over a weekend, and they worked very diligently together. The the, uh, accountant, a SCORE advisor, provided them with information that they needed put to help to put together their numbers and the entrepreneurs worked really well with the score mentor and they got it done and they got a grant so all of a sudden they could substantially expand the number of cycles and so they're moving toward more of the peloton model Mm -hmm. where they actually put the bikes out into the residences. Mm. They rent them out. They can still do the exercises. And so now they're just looking and saying, well, you know, Peloton really is the model. Let's follow that. But they, they have been able to expand their model and expand their business. I mean, that's a great story, you know, and you, you talk about, I like what I like most about that story is that, you know, the area of help of helping someone get their financials right. You know, that that takes some real expertise. And you can be a great entrepreneur with a great idea, with great vision, and you can sell, and you can do all the things required to be a great entrepreneur. But a lot of people lack skill in understanding, first, how to keep their financials accurately, but also to be able to use the information, the data in the financials as a way to help manage their business and grow their business. And so that takes real expertise. And to be able to source an expert, like the story you just explained, uh, that you just g- gave to us, that really demonstrates the power. Um, and, and, you know, and then the old icing on the cake, there wasn't a 10000 or $20,000 bill after all of this help either, was there, Armando? Absolutely not. 
And in fact, they got a lot of money as a result of this. Yeah. And your point is very well taken. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that of all of the workshops that SCORE does across the country, the financial ones are always the ones that are most well attended. Mm, yeah. And they really are critical because especially these days when there is so much money out there and people are trying to get the money, they really do, as you said at the beginning of the show, they really have to get organized. They have to get their financials in order. They have to get their paperwork in order. They have to be able to tell a good story to a banker in order to be able to be credible sure. and get the money that the lifeblood of the business is cash. And so you want to have that available, you know, either in the form of credit or in the form of ready cash or a grant or whatever it is. But your point is absolutely well taken. Yeah. And, and this is one of the more important elements that you can get this at no cost. Yeah, that's just amazing. The, the value is incredible. Uh, it really is. And the old, you get what you pay for does not apply here because you're getting the highest quality, <laughs> the highest quality uh, kinds of help and mentoring and guidance and input. And the cost is nothing. So, wow, if you're an entrepreneur out there, you know, we don't have a lot of money to throw around uh, to get to be able to access this kind of expertise. Uh, but SCORE brings it right to us uh, at no cost and at high value. So now listen, I, I, right now I want to keep talking, but I want to give the website address or the phone number, Armando, to the local regional office here. I think it's seven counties in Detroit, in the Detroit region that you serve? That's correct. Yeah. Tell us how yes, people, sir. I mean, after just giving this story, I know people are going to be hot wanting to make sure they get the contact information down. Please give it to us. Surely. It's Detroit.score, S-C-O-R-E dot org. O-R-G. So it's Detroit.score.org. And that'll take you to our website. And that'll take you to all of the information. You can choose a mentor there. You can look at all of the resources that we have that are available that are also free, any sort of template. If you have a if you need a startup roadmap, we have that. If you need to, to understand how to put together a marketing plan, we have that. If you, know, if you need to put together financial projections, we have a template for that. So anything that you need for your business, especially your startup business, this is really the place to go. And it costs you nothing. That's just amazing. All right. Now, I want in the short time that we have left, about a minute, 30 seconds, I also want you to talk about a new diversity initiative that I know you want to make sure people know about. Let me give you some airtime to tell us about that. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. Yes. Diversity is important to us. And so one of the reasons that we started to diversify was because, you know, we had at the very beginning of SCORE back in 1964, it was mostly retired corporate executives. And you had to be retired to be part of SCORE. And so now, most recently, we have a whole flood of new people who are in touch with what's really going on. So they are employed. They are current in their industries. They're current with what's going on, and, um, and we also find that 63% of our customers are women, and 35% are minorities. So we're always looking for successful women, successful minorities who want to give back to the community, because this is really the best way to do that, and you can make a significant impact, because mm. you create jobs, mm -hmm. you create stronger enterprises. So that's what we're looking for, and that's what you know we're after both in terms of clients and in terms of mentors. Beautiful. That's great. 
It's really an amazing organization, and uh, I know we're going to be doing a lot more with you and SCORE uh, together with Startup Nation. Uh, you know, I've recently, I mean, I've always been aware of SCORE, but I've actually, through you, Armando, rediscovered SCORE and the power of it and the importance of it, uh, the value of it. So, listen, thank you for all you do uh, to help us entrepreneurs make our dreams come true. I uh, can't thank you enough, and thanks for being on Startup Nation Radio with us today, Armando. Well, you know, Jeff, thank you very much. And thank you for what you do as well, because you help entrepreneurs and you help to create vibrant small business communities as well. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Great. Wonderful. We'll be back with more on Startup Nation Radio right after this break. All right. Welcome back to Startup Nation Radio. We've got a really interesting story coming up on Startup Nation now. We're going to bring on an entrepreneur who's created a company. Sean Hurwitz, welcome to Startup Nation Radio. Uh, hi, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoy talking to uh, local folks like yourself. Absolutely, Sean. And we uh, we appreciate you coming on and telling your story and the story of Pixo VR. That's P-I-X-O. That's your company, your founder and CEO of Pixo VR. You know, there's that old saying that I love this. Wayne Gretzky said something like, and I'm not going to say it as eloquently as he did. It's not going to be packaged exactly right, but here's the point. I succeed not because I go where the puck is. I succeed because I go where the puck's going to be. And you're definitely with Pixo VR. You're going to where the puck is going to be, aren't you, Sean? Well, we're certainly making a strong effort to do that. And yeah, that uh, I love that uh, that saying. And I think it's been a part of my life and my career, even leaving, you know, successful businesses in the past where they were like startups and maybe more traditional. But we found a better mousetrap or a better way to do it and always looked ahead. I think we've been innovating. That's certainly been part of my life in my entire uh, uh, business career is innovate and go where the puck is going for sure, even within the business, our current business, uh, Pixel right now. So something we can talk about as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's really what I was referring to. This whole area of virtual reality, augmented reality, and other versions of reality other than reality. <laughs> that's that's what you guys do. <laughs> yeah. Tell us what Pixel VR is in business to do. Well, when we started, we were born out of the uh, video gaming industry. And we realized early on that uh, pure entertainment wasn't exactly meeting the mission or the goals of the company, and certainly not mine personally, which was we weren't really helping anyone. We weren't really enhancing anyone's life. So we moved even back in the gaming industry into more of an enterprise gaming or gamification. And then when the Oculus Rift, which is a headset, Mm -hmm. uh, a very lightweight headset with lenses that used to plug into a computer back in 2015-16, you know, we accelerated the company into that direction because we knew that by immersing someone in one of these virtual environments, like you mentioned, AR, VR, MR, you could really change an emotion or reduce risk or cut out costs, which did two things. One, it was the trajectory of the puck, as you say, and also we knew it could enhance and help people's lives versus pure entertainment. Now, I have to tell you, this is pretty heady stuff. I mean, you know, this is something you got to have some uh, some expertise in in order to innovate in a space like this and in order to beyond innovating and coming up with an idea and having a vision for a new company in connection with that idea got to be able to execute. And that means you got to know something about this. What's your background, Sean, that puts you in position to to be doing the kind of work that Pixel VR is doing? Well, believe it or not, I come from a very traditional background. So in owning a landscape construction business in my earlier years for a long time, again, 
very entrepreneurial, started cutting grass out of my dad's garage when I was 17 years old and sort of caught that bug and said, uh, okay, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, be an entrepreneur. Always surrounded ourselves with the right people to execute, like you said, building teams, finding the right people, putting the right people on the bus, putting the right people in the right seat on the bus is an asset and a value in any company, no matter what you're doing. So I didn't know anything really. I wasn't really a gamer, but I knew that we would start this business. We would find the problems. We would innovate. We'd put a team around us of the right people, put them in the right seats, identify where the problems were, which we had no idea at the time. Even today, uh, being such a new platform, you know, we're finding more problems on, on a daily basis. But I think, again, consistent with all the businesses that I've started or owned, there are problems out there. In a traditional business, you sort of know what they are because there's a historical data. For this business, there was none. So literally, we're changing, learning, identifying new problems. Uh, when we started, I'd say one of the biggest problems that we're solving today, Jeff, is that we started out developing this content because there was a lack of content and we knew that this training content where we started would help reduce costs and save lives and reduce risk. But then it became clear there was no way to deploy or distribute this content or these simulations. So just a few handful of weeks ago, we launched our new platform called Apex that's on our website, pixovr.com, to also deploy this content. So we always are innovating and identifying problems, and I've always done that in any business that I've owned. And when you use the term, you've used it several times, when you say we, we're identifying problems, you're really, you're doing it with a, with a glint in your eye. I can just see you as you say it, because when you say problems, <laughs> you're saying, you're really saying opportunities. I mean, these are opportunities for you. These are problems for you to solve. And in solving them, you create a business opportunity for your business, you know, uh, right? That's what you're saying. Absolutely. And it's the most exciting thing for me personally, and why I've always been an entrepreneur, because identifying those opportunities is something I enjoy. I feel like I'm good at doing that and then help, you know, bring the team along with a vision. Now I'm, I'm a visionary, as you might imagine, but without my chief operating officer as the integrator, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the EOS, e EOS. Uh, uh, local e book. <laughs> EOS, yeah, yeah but, you know, it really changed the trajectory of our company. When I you know, read that book and it was given to me by our COO, Gene Kapter, and, you know, when I took the test and it said I'm a 90-something percent visionary, I knew I needed integrator. Yeah, so let me break that down. I mean, I, not to go too deep on this, but, I think you know, the EOS system is, is amazing for entrepreneurs. It's kind of a thing of our time right now. A lot of people are deploying it and putting it to work very successfully. And the idea there is that you, as the founder and CEO of PixoVR, you're the guy setting the course, coming up with a strategic plan at a high level. You've got the visions on which problems slash opportunities you guys are going to address and face and, and, and attend to and make opportunity out of for the business. Um, you're doing all that at a very high level, and you're inspiring your team to buy into that vision and to get on board and to execute that vision. But you're relying on your team to do that, and you, you keep highlighting the team. It's just so spot on. A hallmark of a great entrepreneur is doing exactly that. And this integrator that you refer to in the EOS parlance is someone who takes the idea and kind of uh, puts the team to work in a very, you know, uh, organized fashion to make it all happen, to make the vision happen, right? Did I capture that? Absolutely. And, and you know, there's a step in between. And, and it's the life we live here at Pixel VR is that our integrator, Gene, our COO, 
also helps articulate the vision because sometimes there's a disconnect in what's on my mind, what's in my mind, the way I envision things, and then communicating that to the team. You know, having that sort of messenger that can understand and ask and get on that same page with the vision and then be able to communicate, articulate, and then, of course, deliver, you know, on that vision is is critical as well. I'm glad you clarified that. That's an important piece to make sure everybody understands, you know, innovating and pioneering and executing on new visions. It's, it's a very, well, first, it can be lonely. Number one. Second, you can you can second guess yourself to your blue in the face. I mean, you you know, you don't know that you're right until it's validated. You're taking risks all the time. You're being bold. You know, it's uh, it's daunting, isn't it, being an entrepreneur and setting your sights on something you believe in, but you know, at the time that you envision it, it's really just your confidence, your belief, it's your boldness that is all you have to translate into others buying into the idea. There's no proof of concept yet, and so. Having that team that you're talking about and being able to lead that team, getting them organized, getting them inspired to do the work that needs to be done to take you from, you know, that that bold vision to actually validation is really critical. Now, listen, we're going to run to a quick break. When we come back, Sean, I want to talk more about the business of Pixo VR. You're in the B2B space, right? I mean, you're building product for other businesses to utilize, right? That is correct. Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk about the business model when we come back and kind of uh, look into the crystal ball with you too and see where Pixo VR is headed into the future. I'm excited to hear about that. Stick with us on Startup Nation Radio. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to Startup Nation Radio, hearing an amazing story of um, innovation being born in really significant ways right here in our region. We've got Sean Hurwitz, the founder and CEO of Pixo VR. You're the chief visionary and strategist, and you've got a great team behind you, Sean. We learned all about that. Now, your business is to find these problems, find solutions, thereby creating an opportunity for your business and a solution for your customers that puts you in a good spot to be in business and being in business is earning revenues. You've got to have customers. Tell us about your business model, who your customers are and so on. Sure thing, Jeff. Thank you very much. So, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we're innovating and, and finding uh, problems and then, uh, or identifying problems or, uh, and then solutions, which, which are the opportunities. So the one thing to, to keep in mind in our business is, is we always knew that we wanted to generate recurring revenue passive residual recurring revenue. I've come from businesses in the past. It's actually why I sold uh, uh, successful businesses while they were successful. There wasn't any other reason for me to get out of that uh, industry other than I knew I wanted something that was passive residual and recurring revenue. So when we identify uh, problems and then work to create solutions, it's always around this concept of the SaaS model, software as a service. Mm -hmm. So when we started the the uh, the business and we went into uh, uh, XR, let's call it extended reality of AR, VR, and MR, and we were developing content. Content is good. The training solutions are good. Like I said earlier, they 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 solve problems, big big life problems. They reduce costs and they reduce risk. That's very significant for Fortune 500 companies and even mom mom and pop shops. It's very important. So. Um, uh, we, we knew that developing content was necessary, but it wasn't the gas in the car. Um, the car needs gas. So what does that mean? When we, we needed something to be able to manage and deploy this content to massive Fortune 500 clients like Bosch, like Ford, like the Olympics, like Saudi Aramco or Exxon, these are some of our clients, you know, just getting the content isn't enough. How do they manage, organize, and share it? Uh, uh, within a, a global organization like that. 
So that problem, by the way, only we only identified that problem uh, after the first year or two because there was no such thing as scale. We knew the puck was going to scale. If this, if this industry was going to succeed, these large corporations needed to scale these solutions within the organization. And there was no, uh, uh, no platform, no one comprehensive cloud-based platform to do that. And that's why we built uh, Pixel Apex and launched that just a handful of weeks ago. Wow, that's heady stuff. Uh, do me a favor, break it down for me just for the sake of our, for our audience. First of all, you're talking about content and you're talking about these solutions that you're providing through this SaaS model and so on. Just give me an example of something you're deploying and how this model goes to work for you. Just, just break it down for me. Sure. So we develop what we call off the shelf or a library of content that companies can license. So if you take a construction company or perhaps a, manuf- a manufacturing company, um, we've developed solutions in VR to solve some of their biggest problems, uh, safety training. On, uh, for a construction company that teaches uh, or trains on a fall protection or fire protection or ladder safety, you can't really put somebody uh, on top of an 80-story building, have them pick a harness, and God forbid they pick the wrong harness of and course. they fall to their death. That's the content you're referring to. Yep. So you build a safety thing where they're doing it in virtual reality and practicing and learning instead of doing it in the real world. And then once they've got it down, they can go out and deploy then their force, their, their workforce with confidence that they've had practice through the virtual experience, right? That is correct. Okay, so that's the content. So you'd make this content available. It's a solution, solves a problem. Then what happens? So with Apex, we've created what we call our control center where this content lives. So if I'm an administrator of a large corporation, I get to manage and share the content specifically with the users that, that need that content. So a company like Saudi Aramco, they have dozens of different divisions. They have to get the content, the specific content. Maybe not everyone trains on fall protection. Maybe not everyone trains on uh, uh, hazard detection. So they identify who the employees or users are of that content. And with our control center, they're able to permission those specific users with that. In, in other words, marry that content with those users. They can do all of that on our control center. Then when that user, let's say John Smith, puts on that lightweight headset with the lenses on it, and he logs in through a proprietary uh, authentication process, he, that content that's been permissioned for him uh, automatically installs on the headset. So, so we've removed that entire problem of how do I get the right content to the right person, then the data and the, the, the user information from John Smith's uh, uh, interaction uh, with that, that module. So we use these a lot of times as an assessment as well. That data and those analytics go back to the control center where the administrator can review that query data and information based on trends or independent individual users. And that completes that whole end-to-end process. And being able to do that in XR, all three platforms, AR, VR, and MR, we are the only platform in the world currently that's able to uh, perform that end-to-end solution. Sean, I got to tell you, I hear about a lot of businesses. Some are novelty, some are cute, some are great. You know, they're all important. They're all important to the people who come up with them. They're all worthy and meritorious and impactful in people's lives. I got to tell you, you're onto a business that, you know, boy, 
this is a cool business. This business is going to go places. I mean, I know you, you know that you feel that you've got validation of that, but you know, just hearing the story from the outside, looking in, you're onto something really significant. It sounds, it's really cool. All right. Now tell us about the flow of money. You wanted that recurring revenue, the model for the revenue for your business. How does that flow? So we very deliberately designed it to have multiple recurring revenue streams. The, the, the first one is the most obvious one. It's a platform fee. So on Apex, everybody pays a platform fee. We've also, so uh, um, you take a company, like I said, Saudi Aramco or local company, Barton Mallow, they pay a platform fee to have access to the platform. Then they can either distribute their own content or we've also allowed, which is very unique for Apex, We've also allowed them to distribute third-party content. So if Bart Mallow goes and, and, and licenses or buys content, any of this content from a third party, they can distribute it from Apex as well internally or if you're a reseller, perhaps to, to your customers. Then we, so you have a platform fee. We have a content fee where we create tiers of content packs of the library. We're curating third-party content so that... Um, if somebody has developed content somewhere in the world and they don't have the relationships that we have, we can take that content, put, put those experiences on Apex, and we can license that content to our customers as well. All, all of those are, are repeatable, scalable, SaaS-type recurring revenue models. It's really Really well thought out. I love what you're doing. I love the B2B model, love the revenue model, love the field that you're in. Certainly it is, you know, we've used this metaphor now a few times, but you're, you're going where the puck's going to be for sure. It's really dynamic and really exciting. Now, more broadly, your position here, you're also, Sean, are you serving as president of the Detroit chapter of the VRAR Association? I mean, you're, you're, you're a thought leader in this field now too. Uh, yes, that's what they tell me. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I am the, the, the co-president of, of the, the, of the Detroit chapter. I, I, you know, I think one of the uh, tremendous advantages that we have is, is we decided to go where the puck was going before yeah. there was a puck. Mm. Because, um, when we decide, when we put on the headset, there was no enterprise, you know, and, and I think it's analogous to how we got started in the, in the uh, video game space too, because we were, we were developing console games back in 2009 and 2010, and then the iPhone came out, mm. uh, uh, and the App Store in 2008, where there was no uh, uh, no Android. So who knew at the time when when the Apple uh, iOS App Store opened that it would be what it is today? You, Other you than knew, maybe Steve Sean. Jobs. Sean, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs knew for sure. So so we we you know we saw it. We went through that and experienced that paradigm change and what mobile's done we, we were in the thick of it in the early days and so it was pretty easy for us in in 2016 when the oculus rift the first commercial headset came out to say okay here it is again what have we learned over the last several years and what are we going to do different um and it gave us another shot at it to to be, to be honest uh, uh mobile commoditized and even though that's still there's still great business in in mobile and gaming and enterprise gaming uh, this we, we we caught it at the ground level for sure. It's really exciting. Now, listen, I can't thank you enough. I wish we had lots more time. We filled the time that we have today, but we'd love to follow your story, Sean, and you know keep track of how you're doing and progressing. And so, please keep in touch with us. Check back in with Startup Nation. We'll get you back on when there's news to report and uh, continued 
great success with Pixel VR. Now, Sean, if somebody's out there listening and they love what they heard, they want to use your product, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, PixelVR.com is, is the best way to do it. Um, obviously, I'm on LinkedIn and some other social media sites, but PixelVR.com is absolutely the way to get in touch. All right, right on. P-I-X-O-V-R, Victor rabbit.com and you'll get uh, Pixel VR into Sean as well. All right, Sean, thanks again for being on Startup Nation Radio. We'll check back with you again soon. Jeff, thank you so much. All right. That's today's show. Check in with us again next week on Startup Nation Radio. The preceding program was furnished by Startup Nation Media Group.